there's no reason for anyone to stay indoors. Get out there. Get out of your comfort zone. Go achieve something. Not because it is easy, but because it is hard. Even a boy can can exhibit act like a manly, man. manly behavior. We're not even asking people to do something that difficult. We're just asking them to reach a bit further than what they normally would. It was such an incredible feeling to win. Even if you're out of your comfort zone, then your comfort zone's expanded, then you're in a new comfort zone. So it's important to keep pushing the boundaries. Anyone that's achieved anything of any any value, they were not in a very comfortable situation. But the wins when, when you succeed are glorious. You're a man living in the modern world in a time when men and manhood are not what they once were. You live life on your own terms. You're self-sufficient. You think for yourself and you march to the beat of your own drum. When life knocks you down, you get back up because in your gut, you know that's what men do. You're a badass and a warrior. And on the days when you forget, we are here to remind you who you really are. Welcome to Starving Man Podcast. I'm your man, Nikki Ballou, and I'm here with my man, Rob Arpa. Welcome, Arpa. Thank you, sir. It's great to be on. Good to have you. So today's episode is a timely one. We're here to talk about getting out of your comfort zone. Yes, yeah, sir. I think it's the time of year, too, now, right? We got the winters coming to an end. There's, there's no reason for anyone to stay indoors. Get out there. Get out of your comfort zone. Go go achieve something. So I want to tell you a couple of stories. Um, I used to be a top-level fitness trainer. And um, there was a client of mine. His name is Raymond Aaron. And when he was 60 years old, he decided he was going to participate in the world's toughest race, which is a 353-mile foot race from Resolute Bay to the magnetic North Pole. And it basically involved racing over the frozen uh, Arctic Ocean. And when the ocean freezes, it freezes with the waves. So those waves, are they go up in the air and they create what's called ice rubble. And some of those waves are just a little bit high. And some of them are like a couple stories high. And Raymond did this for 30 straight days, 10 to 14 hours a day. When he met me, we started working together. Um, he was a, 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 a fat, out of shape business executive. Now he was slightly out of shape for life. He was massively out of shape for taking on the world's toughest race. So we worked together for two years preparing him for this. And um, we decided that the best way for him to prepare for going over the ice rubble would be to do stairs. Well, the first time he did stairs, he did a, 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 a uh, he, he climbed one and a half sets of stairs and flights? flights. Yeah. One and a half flights. That's what, that's what a dozen steps. Yeah, basically. And he, he, he couldn't do more. He, he had to sit down and, um, it took him just a few seconds, like 10, 15 seconds to do it. And he was done and keep in mind, he knew he'd have to do 10 to 14 hours a day. So then he, we got him up to 10 flights of stairs, which was, you know, like a minute, minute and a half. And then we got him to 30, which was like, five, seven minutes. And we got him to a hundred, a hundred flights of stairs was like 29 minutes or something like that. It still wasn't a lot. And, um, so then we got him to 300. Um, and, um, 
Then he had to do simulate a thousand flights of stairs, like a thousand flights of stairs continuously would be the equivalent of him doing a full day in the high Arctic. Okay. Damn. Yeah. So a thousand flights, it took him nine hours and 51 minutes to do a thousand flights of stairs. The first time he did it. Now he did this for real in the high Arctic where it was cold and he did all kinds of stupid things like take off his sunglasses and he, he got, uh, you know, he, he, he got snow blindness. He sunburned his eyes. I mean, you think about that. That's pretty crazy, but that's what happened. Oh, yeah, yeah, The reflection of the snow is yeah, insane. Yeah, oh, it's insane. And, yeah. um, you know, um, he, at 62, did it. He was massively out of his comfort zone, and he made it happen. <laughs> okay. and That's incredible. It's incredible. Then I got my son, who's 16 years old. He was on a soccer team, still is. That team had um, some players here in Ontario who chose to be unvaxxed. And one of you know, um, the coaches decided that they, to keep the team together, they weren't going to do any indoor. They were going to get an outdoor situation going. So they, they rented an outdoor turf field in November, in December, in January. In Toronto, outdoors, these 16-year-old boys trained soccer. They were going to do it in February, but it snowed over the field, and they could not uh, um, safely get the snow off the field. I mean, safely for the field because the field was was getting damaged when they tried to do that, and they yeah. had to stop. But in March, they started playing again where it was still minus five. There were a couple nights where there was literally a snowstorm happening while they were doing a soccer practice. And these wow. are kids wearing – shorts and maybe tights uh and you know gloves and a hat and in the case of my son he didn't even wear gloves and a hat and he would, he would he would wear um they would wear like sweat tops and run for an hour hour and a half okay so that's getting out of your comfort zone yeah um, no that's that's insane I, insane I remember for me uh when, when i was a kid we used to do uh Used to swim uh, competitively in high school and stuff like that. Nothing, nothing major, but we used to hit like the you know the the, the Olympian and you know some of those those professional pools. And I always remember like that that water was frigid, but I cannot understand how cold that you know the kid was to wear to wear shorts with maybe what like some yoga pants or something underneath. Like, yeah, dude, just basically tights. That's, that's Running short, they must running have gotten tights. one hell of a workout. Oh no, like, totally, totally. How do you, you stop? You don't. You want think to stop. about this. <laughs> you think about this. You think about this, Arpa. These are sixteen-year-old boys. Sixteen-year-old boys. boys, and they're they're like they're more more of a man, the average boy in that group, than most grown-ass men we know. Than and most men. Like last night, you and I, we were outdoors for our event. For, for, for our men's meeting and it was you know raining hard and we still did yeah. it and there was some some men there who were such pussies that they wouldn't come because of the rain they come out because of the and my son and his friends were out there in the soccer field and they were actually freaking well you know getting it done on the soccer yeah. pitch are you fucking kidding me hmm. and these grown ass men ain't doing it and we, we are people, we are a people right now that if the elevator's broken, you got to walk up three flights of stairs. Oh my God, that'll kill me. It's not going to fucking kill you. It's just going to make you feel a little bit, you know, maybe out of breath, but it's not going to kill you. 
And that's how people are. They're so in their damn comfort zone. They live in their damn comfort zone. They live in it. Yeah. That's the truth. You know, it's worse, right? Because they, they seek it, they live it, and then they continue to seek it. They're comfort-seeking pussies. That's what they are. Comfort-seeking pussies. Uh, it's, the it's, very, it's very, it's boyish behavior, even though your son and his 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 buddies on his soccer team have proven them wrong. Yeah. <laughs> you know, even a boy can can exhibit can like manly man. manly behavior. Yeah. That's that's uh that's, that's pretty crazy. It's intense. But you know, it's like it's good, it's good for your it's good for your boy. You know, some someone's gonna have to eventually take over this fucking country. And you know, Lord knows right now we've we've probably got the the weakest ass ever, freaking leader in in the history of our country. I thought Kim Campbell was a terrible prime minister, but man, she makes this guy makes her look like a like like a giant. <laughs> I swear to God, no backbone. You know, here's the here's the kicker. Like, and, and for the average person, they'll say, "Well, he wants to bring in some some new programs to help those that are." less fortunate but we have enough programs we don't need any even programs. even for even that fortune like for someone not to be able to afford you know some minor dental procedures and stuff like come on man like that we, we live in a world of abundance anyone that thinks that there's not abundance out there they are they are delusional there's shit everywhere you know like yes. just just look nature in it's in itself creates abundance you know, an, an apple tree will almost forever produce produced fruit. And that stuff is worth something. And one tree will it will produce more than one person can consume. So like there's always abundance. That's that's true. It's just people are just it's just easy. It, it, it's easier to have, you know, our, our government give us something in, in, in the trade-off what they think is absolutely nothing, but that's not true. You know, we're losing, we're losing our freedoms because we're becoming dependent on, on the government. It's, it's crazy, you know, from, from the aspect or, or the viewpoint of someone that's got little, it might look advantageous until, until they actually accumulate something. And now they're on the hook for that nut, you know, it's terrible. It's very true. It's very, very true. But let's come back to getting out of your comfort zone, living out of your comfort zone. If you really want to be the best version of yourself, you need to seek to live out of your comfort zone. There was a um, beautiful speech given by the last Democrat president that I had any respect for. That was JFK. And President Kennedy gave the speech, and you told me, you, you brought this speech back to my attention. I've heard about the speech before. And this was a speech that he gave. Already. Yeah, this was a speech that he gave when he uh, was preparing America to uh, put a man on the moon. You know? And yeah. no one had gone to the moon before. No one put a man on the moon before. And President Kennedy at the beginning of 1960 said, by the end of the decade, we're going to put a man on the moon. And there was a brilliant line from the speech that said, we seek to put a man on the moon, not because it is easy, but because it is hard. 
And like you, you're right, you get goosebumps listening to those words. You go, yeah, yeah, yeah. I seek to do 75 hard, not because it is easy, but because it, because it is, hard. is hard. Yeah. I seek and to build the sovereign circle, not because, not because it, is it is easy, but because it is hard. I seek to elevate men, not because it is easy, but because it is hard. I seek to write books, not because it is easy, but because it is hard. hard. You know, I, I uh, the thing I always, you know, I've been telling myself for the last, I don't know, 15 years that, uh, that now that I've been self-employed is, you know, anything worth doing is not easy. You know, and look at it. You know, if you want to take sports analogies, try winning a Stanley Cup or, or uh, you know, the uh, World Series title in baseball. Or it's not easy. Those, those, those other players, those competitors. You take, you know, these men that are somewhat civilized at the beginning of a season. Towards the end, they start getting ruthless. Man, they want, they want to win. And they'll win at almost all costs because there are rules that they, they do adhere to for, for the most part. Uh, for the most part. Because they want to get they don't want to get caught for the penalties and be disadvantaged. But besides that, like they will win at all costs. And and, and it's hard. And and like look at the celebrations, man. Uh what was it when uh, when uh, when the Raptors won the, the pennant down here in Toronto? Like yeah. the streets were flooded, flooded. They were like, could you imagine, you know. Uh, who was it, Ka- Kawhi Leonard or something that was on the team? Could you imagine being that man, not just winning the title, but then looking out in the streets and seeing, you know, the the, you know, what your 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 struggles have caused, like this this, you know, celebration. That thing lasted about a week, man. Like people are on the streets. Like I, I, that's got to be an incredible feeling to to, Most to do to do something like that, you know. And, and we're and. We're not even asking people to do something that fucking difficult, right? We're just asking them to to reach a bit further than what they normally would, you know? Just try, try. I remember um, when I was um, 13, 14 years old, I was was living in Greece. And um, at the time, I played some soccer. And there was a soccer team that I was with and the, the coach over there, um, he, um, uh, he, he put a penalty shooting contest and he said, look, um, this is a shootout. You're going to keep shooting penalties and whoever misses they're, they're out. It was kind of like, you know, uh, s- sudden death. And then whoever's left, he's, he's gonna, he's gonna win this, this medal. And he had this kind of like bronzish medal. It was a, quite a nice medal. And, um, you know, I'm not, uh, I never have been the most skilled soccer player uh, around, but I, I was there. I wasn't a regular member of that team. I was a British coach with a British team primarily, a British school there. And I was in the American school and um, I was shooting uh, along with them and we kept shooting and players kept falling off. But, you know, I, um, for whatever reason, my, 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 my shots were going in and then it was just me and this other kid. And, I took a shot and, and, and I missed. So I thought, okay, I, I lost. I'm not going to win the medal. But then the other kid took a shot and he missed. He missed. <laughs> yeah. So, so there were only two of us left. And so the coach said, redo. 
okay, um, you know, you both missed. So someone's got to win. You, uh, uh, Nikki, take the next shot. And I said, uh, all right, I took the next shot and I scored. And the other kid took the next shot and he missed. So I won. I won that medal. And uh, you got to get, um, it was such an incredible feeling to win. Yeah. Because A, I wasn't a member, a regular member of that team. B, I was not the most skilled soccer player ever. It wasn't my thing to be skilled. I was like the rough, tough grinder. And penalty shots is a skill thing to do, right? You got to be good at mm. shooting. And yeah, really good control that ball. Um, I was just there. I was ready. I was ready to participate. And because I, I, I showed up, I won. And it, it was a beautiful thing. And I, I remember the incredible feeling of it. And then I remember being in university doing my master's degree. And I was um, writing an essay uh, in a course about the, the media in the United States foreign policy. And the teacher that was a former acting secretary of state, um, David Newsom, he'd also been an ambassador. So ambassador Newsom um, had us write a paper and, you know, I've done decently well with some papers, but I, I put a lot of effort into this particular paper and he handed it back to me and the mark on there was out of a hundred and my mark was a hundred and his only comment on the entire paper was well done. <laughs> and I was like, I was like, damn, Baloo, Baloo can write, man. Baloo can synthesize things. Baloo can put them together. And it was, uh, it was beautiful. It gave me a skill set to put my ideas down in a coherent fashion. And that's why I've been such a, such a good writer. You know, I've written six, seven books and Arpo was beautiful. It was truly one of the most incredible, beautiful things. Yeah. that I'd ever done. So it was out of my comfort zone to to be in university and do that work. I remember I would stay up late and do all that stuff. Um, I'm just thinking about this time to, time for me to get further out of my comfort zone. And that's the truth. You know, I, I need to get further out of my comfort zone. The men listening to this need to get further out of their comfort zone. Because even if you're out of your comfort zone, then your comfort zone's expanded, then you're in a new comfort zone. So it's important to keep pushing the boundaries, keep pushing out the edge of the envelope. That's what yeah, I believe, yeah. anyways. Yeah, I think us as a almost as a as a species in, in a state of survival, I think we seek things like uh, to make things comfortable, to make our you know how we survive comfortable. You know, I, I can see that. You know, when when farming was invented, it was it was hard to get to. But once it was there, it, it, it increased everyone's level of comfort and security. So I can I can see that being ingrained in us as a default motive mode of operation. But anyone that's achieved anything of any any value, you know, they were not in a very comfortable situation. Not it's true. It, it's true. And you. you I don't. I, I've read books from different, different, uh, highly successful individuals. Robert Kiyosaki. You know, I've read you know books from Donald Trump, and you know, none of them ever, ever say that you know taking big risks is a comfortable thing to do. Uh, you know, I, I know you probably get a little more <clears throat> accustomed to taking larger risks, but it's never, it's never you know truly comfortable, right? 
but the but the wins when when you succeed are glorious. That's fucking glory, right? Glorious. I love it. The way you said that just just sparked a fire in my soul. Glorious. Yeah. Yes. yes. And a man, a man who seeks comfort is a man who seeks to lose. A man who seeks discomfort yeah. is a man who seeks to win. I had a guest on the podcast a little while back, and he's also been a guest on my business podcast. His name's Greg Medford, Medford Knife and Tool. Amazing man, makes great knives. And he said um, to me, um, a beautiful little quote, and I, I forget, I think it's from a poem. Um, and it went something like this. It said, run, young man, away from the soft hand of your mother and run hard to the stern hand of your father. Young boys, men, they go to their mom for comfort, for softness, for nurturing. And there's nothing wrong with that. There's times you need that. But what makes them strong, what makes them tough is that stern hand of the father. And my, my oldest boy, one day I asked him, what is it that you like best about me as your father? And he said, that you're hard on me. Yeah. And it was a moment where I felt so much pride in that boy, my 16-year-old son. It's the same boy who plays in the rain, right? Because he understood the value and the importance of having someone push him, challenge him, get him out of his comfort zone. He understood that. It's at 16. Actually, he was 15 when he told me this. At 15, he got it. How many men are there today, twice his age, who don't get it? Oh, dude, three, three times his age? Five Four? times his age, even. No, yeah. No shit. Yeah. No so shit. How, yeah. how many, how many uh, shit? We were, we were just talking with uh, another gentleman that was uh, participating in Battle Ready who, you know, told us that he was raised by his mother and his father was nothing more than a comfort seeker. He had what he considered a comfortable job. Comfortable meaning workload, not in the fact that he made any decent amount of money, but he was just, he was comfortable there. And it was un, it's uncomfortable to go out and seek, seek new employment or, or, you know, better paying wages. Like look at some of the, the, the people that work at Walmart or, mm. or Tim Hortons. It's easier for them to go and 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 lobby lobby the government to increase minimum wage rather than to go out and find you know more meaningful higher paying employment or creating the opportunities for themselves to cash in uh, on on uh, on any skill sets they may have. It's just easier to do for someone else. It's easier to you know write a few emails, make a bunch of calls, and start a petition than it is to go out and do the hard work. And it's, it's terrible. Like that. And they don't, it, it's, it's cr the crazier thing is like, they don't see that it's their actions are just to their own detriment. You're making yourself and the rest of society worse ra rather than going out there and doing the hard work. They are comfort seeking. Pussies. <laughs> <laughs> yes. All right, this, this, this has been a great conversation. Arpa. I really enjoyed it. Oh, I believe that the men that are going to listen to this are going to enjoy it very much as well. 
Yeah, and I, I hope they t- they take on the, a large challenge. You know, seventy five hard is uh, a great great book. Uh, it's a great from, book. Uh, Andy Frisella. Andy Frisella. Andy's great. Andy's great. Book's great. Yeah. They should take that on. The challenge yeah. is incredible. It's yeah, incredible. It truly is. Truly is. Truly is. It's um, you know, I'm I'm finishing it up and I'm I'm gonna take like a week, maybe two off in between. I'm gonna do it again. That's what I've decided. <laughs> I'm gonna do it again. I'm 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 and I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna stiffen my spine and and do it at a higher level than I did this time. Cause you you know. There, there's doing 75 hard in a way where you, you meet all the milestones, but you know, you meet the milestones in a way that's just relatively straightforward and, and easy. So some of my, my daily workout, uh, one of them has been hard and the other one's not always been so hard. So what I'm yeah. looking at doing is making that second workout a little tougher and tougher. Um, you know, the, the nutrition I've been eating a good nutrition plan, but I haven't been eating a, you know, a, a super hardcore nutrition plan. I think I'm going to make it a little more hardcore next time. So we're, we're going to double up on the workouts. We're going to make the nutrition plan more hardcore. Um, and I think the, instead of reading 10 pages a day, I think I'm going to up that to 15 or 20. So, you know, right on. yeah, these are the things that I'm interested in doing. And, and I want to do a version of this inside my business and inside selling. I'm going to just push myself to sell more, to, to do more things, to create more opportunities from a sales perspective. 75 day challenge. What 75 sell bitches. 75, 75 sell. sell. I'm going to do this thing where every day I'm going to sell somebody on something. I'm going to ask them to buy, you know, one thing, one thing, one thing. That's it's funny. It sounds yeah. like the simplest of tasks. Right. But then when it, you know, push comes to shove and you're in the grind, it actually gets pretty fucking hard. It does. We're going to do it. We're going to make all these happen. I'm very excited to, to get them all done. I think it's a fantastic thing. It's a fantastic thing. So right to on. summarize, don't be a comfort-seeking pussy. Be a man who seeks to run away from the soft embrace of his mother and toward the stern hand of his father. Be a man who pushes himself out of his comfort zone. Don't do things because they're easy. Do things because they're hard. hard. Yes. Be that man. Do it. All right, Arpa. Catch you on the flip side. See you later, bro. Thank you for listening to the Sovereign Man Podcast. If you're ready to take charge of your life and become the man you've always wanted to be, we invite you to join the movement at SovereignMan.ca. 